Before we get started, I want to share something very exciting that I have been working on and I would love to invite you to. Here at Mamas in Training, my goal is to create community. As a mama in training myself, I have learned that in order to get through this motherhood thing, community is key. So I have decided to create just that. Mamas in Training Premium will be launching at the end of the summer. This will be a monthly membership where you will get on-air shoutouts, ask me anything, special opportunities to meet future and former podcast guests, and most importantly, a monthly online Zoom support party with me and the rest of the members, all for the whopping price of $7 a month. Basically, a venti latte at Starbucks. But right now, I have already started our meetings with a small beta group of about 20 ladies, and there are a few slots left. So, if you would like instant community for $7, then what are you waiting for? Go ahead and click the link in the show notes that says premium membership, and I'll see you at the next meeting. Now, on to the show. If you don't already have a plan and you're shopping for a plan to have a baby, adjust those markers. Think about that. Think about having a deductible and a max out of pocket that you can afford. And if that increases your premiums a little bit, so be it. At least you know in the worst case scenario, you can afford no matter what you're going to be covered because you can afford that max out of pocket. Does the talk of insurance make your head spin? If you are anything like me and are fed up with trying to figure out what is the best coverage, especially when starting a family, then you better keep listening. My guest today, Dr. Noor, is a mother, wife, doctor, researcher, entrepreneur, and champion of all women. She not only is a medical doctor and surgeon who is still practicing with a master's degree in public health, but she has made it her life's mission to be a health insurance advisor, providing people with the best fit for them. Becoming pregnant and giving birth can be an overwhelming time, and you want to make sure that you are financially covered, and you do not get hefty bills that come in while you're postpartum, nor is here to help you with exactly that. Here she is. Obstacles come up. Things come up in our life, right? I'm dealing with a rainstorm. You're dealing yeah. with your sweet little one trying to go to sleep. It's just, you know, yeah. this is this is real life. Real yeah. life. <laughs> Motherhood, it's, it's pandemic, all the things. Yeah. It's tricky. It's just not easy. Well, like I mentioned to you, I just think that this information today is information that's not discussed, is information that is that type of thing that women just sort of stumble upon mm -hmm. when they realize that they're pregnant, especially, and they're like, yeah. oh, crap, now I have mm -hmm. to figure out my insurance, yeah. Yeah. money, all these things. And if we can get to that ahead of time and really yes. know what we should be looking for, I think we can really set ourselves up for success. So there are, there are definitely not many medical professionals in the health insurance field. So why did you choose this? Where did this passion come from? You could have done so many other things and had so many other focuses, but why did you choose this? Yeah, it's definitely not something I sought out. You know, I, I won't say that. It's like now looking back, it seems like the universe kind of just like placed certain stepping stones in front of me to kind of lead me to this point where I am right now. 
but it was a, a career born out of like frustration and failure as well. You know, I wasn't making traction in, in, in clinical practice and what I wanted to do. And I was in a space where I got this as an opportunity and I was like, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe this is something, there's something here. And yeah. I had a lot of doubts about, about myself because it was a completely brand new industry for me. Like, can I even do this? But, you know, as time went on and it was more, not not only can I do this, this, this has really become to me you need to do the this. perfect thing. Yeah. So not only do you deal with the health insurance field and really being an advisor and helping people understand and find the best fit for insurance, but you're a medical doctor, you're a surgeon, and you're still actively practicing. However, your medical practice is entirely voluntary. Can you yeah. please elaborate on that? It blows my yeah. mind. Thank you for asking. And that's something that I struggled with for a long time. And this is just me and my personality. Like, I felt so awkward asking for money for for just sharing my knowledge. You know, like medicine mm. is something I've always wanted to do, to learn since I was a little girl. And then I went through like, you know, rigorous, intensive um, program, accelerated medical program in my home country, Bangladesh. You know, I had access to to tons and tons of clinical practice, practicing with patients. And when it came time, you know, I was graduated, I complete my training and it just felt really wrong, Jessica, honestly, to, to be like charging people, especially because the people that I worked with and that I trained with that gave me the knowledge that I have today, they're really, really poor. You know, their, their monthly earnings are anywhere from $1 to $10 a month for their family. Wow. And this is the patient population that I, I, trained with that I grew up learning from. So it just felt wrong to me and I couldn't bring myself to ever do it. And as it as it happened, I still to this day have never charged anyone for any type of medical consultation or practice. I never have and I just wow. don't think I ever will. It just never happened. So you decided to dive in. Like that sweet little one. I can't. I'm, I'm so, so sorry. sorry if your heart's breaking. <laughs> it's, it's more that I can't breathe. I have like anxiety because I wish you'd go to sleep. <laughs> if you need to take a minute too, you can go. It's it's Check just not going to help. That's the thing. Yeah, it's going to make gonna it worse. More. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he should have been asleep by now. So I really, I'm really sorry about this. Oh, don't apologize. No, not even a little yeah. bit. So you actively treat and advise both the top percent and the bottom percent of the population. And you mentioned you, you're dealing with people, especially who are at the, the most need, right? So I'm sure for you and yourself, when you became a mom, having all of this knowledge and experience, you probably had a decent health insurance set up. Yeah. And, and you're right. I was uh, quite fortunate that, you know, I actually struggled to get pregnant. I, I dealt with infertility for years. So um, this was uh, in, in the works. This wasn't an unexpected decision. It was a happy decision for us when it did happen. And my husband happens to work for a, a very large corporation that offers us wonderful benefits, you know. So we have a quote unquote better plan than most Americans. So I, I was lucky. But if you're not lucky, or if it's unplanned, you know, what do you do? In a short answer, if you're in a situation where you need health insurance ASAP and maternity is going to be your biggest concern, a healthcare marketplace plan or also politicized term known as Obamacare plan is going to be the best bet in terms of getting maternity coverage. Now, is it the best for all situations? No, but for maternity, that's going to be the best plan because it's a major medical plan. It fulfills one of um, the 10 essential health, minimum essential health benefits, which is maternity and delivery. So it's guaranteed to cover that. So when people go ahead and decide to work with you, what does that look like and how do you work with those clients? 
Yeah, so I work with really anyone who has to figure out their health insurance. So like that situation that you said, someone's, you know, considering pregnancy or maternity and they just don't know what to do. I offer consults and advice for anything really related to health insurance. The population that I'm working with now more and that I really enjoy working with is that top 1% that you mentioned. It's those who are high earning Americans who are earning more than fifty to sixty thousand dollars a year and they don't qualify for any type of subsidy on their health care marketplace on Obamacare. And when you have a health insurance premium that's tied to your income and you're a high earner, that premium can look absurdly high sometimes even more than your rent or your mortgage. So that's really the population that I serve now when I try to help them find alternative solutions, medically underwritten policies, which is a type of plan that I like to work with a lot, that instead of using income as the qualifier for a health insurance, it uses health. I think that you know this, but if anyone who's listening, this is the first episode that you're stumbling upon. So I have this podcast, Mamas in Training, but I am not yet a mom. I myself am a mom in training. I'm an aspiring mom. So I'm in a situation where back with COVID-19, I lost my J-O-B, as I like to call it, that gave me my insurance. And so I've been doing several things in the meantime, but insurance-wise, I'm on Medicaid right now. And looking to the future, I mean, of course, I hope that I get on another insurance plan soon. And I was thinking, oh, I got to talk to Noor. (laughs) But what can someone like me who is on a plan like Medicaid, can you even get pregnant and successfully have a baby and not go into debt on a plan like Medicaid? Or what would you suggest for someone like myself? I'm selfishly yeah. asking this right yeah, now. <laughs> of course. No, no. Medicaid is actually not a bad situation to be in, Jessica, when you when you want coverage like that. The demerits of Medicaid or the stigma around Medicaid is that the quality of care is not going to be as wonderful as a private insurance plan or a corporate plan and only only because you're in new york city uh, is that stigma because had you been living in the midwest with a medicaid or an hmo plan it wouldn't have been that bad because your doctor probably would not have been overwhelmed with patients so where you live has everything to do with what health insurance options are available to you as well as your experience using your health insurance plan so Medicaid plans usually, you know, you're, you're probably paying little to nothing for it, which is amazing, mm-hmm. but the network is going to be very limited in the sense that you're not going to have a whole lot of options in terms of who you can go see, uh, what OBGYN, where you're going to deliver, and those lack of options can feel very limiting, you know, not as liberating. But on the other hand, given your, given your situation, this might be the best option for you because the alternative looks a lot more expensive. Right. So what can, you know, aspiring moms, pregnant women who haven't figured it out yet, what do they need to know to set themselves up for success when going into a pregnancy and and birth? I mean, it's so overwhelming. And I'm actually in search of someone who can come on and just talk to me about how much it costs to have a baby. Because that is... I don't find anything about that anywhere. Mm -hmm. And it can be such a wide range. And Mm -hmm. we go into this thing wanting it and desiring it, but we don't even know if we're going to have enough to cover it. And so Mm -hmm. with regards to insurance, what do we need to know? Yes. So when you're thinking about a maternity plan or shopping out um, insurance for that, there's a few key things you need to evaluate to know, is this plan the right or the best plan to have a baby? Or if this is my current insurance plan, here's what to expect. 
You want to know during pregnancy all your well mama visits, the routine screening appointments, which typically happen at the 12-week mark and then at, at certain intervals, which gets more and more frequent as you get closer to your pregnancy, are those covered? Because those are, are, are fall under preventive care. You're not really going in with a complaint. It's really just a checkup. So are, are how are those preventive visits covered? Do you have a copay that you have to pay? Is it 100% covered? So that's that. Then when you actually think about the delivery, there's two things you want to look at. If you have a normal, natural vaginal birth, you want to know what is, is there a separate deductible for a vaginal birth? If you have a successful normal vaginal delivery and you don't have to stay overnight or do any of that, you usually have up to 24 hours coverage on standard insurance plans. So between your vaginal birth and 24 hours later, everything is taken care of and you're discharged. But what if things don't go that perfectly? What if something right. happens and you end up either needing a C-section or some specialized care or, or an epidural that you, you thought you didn't want, but then all of a sudden you definitely want that epidural, right? Yeah. So though th in those to prepare for that situation, you want to be looking at your deductible, which is how much money do you have to pay in addition to your premium, right? To actually get to see your insurance benefits as well as your max out of pocket which is gonna be your absolute worst case scenario in case your d delivery goes really south. And you wanna make sure that you can afford that max out of pocket. So if you don't already have a plan and you're shopping for a plan to have a baby, adjust those markers, think about that. Think about having a deductible and a max out of pocket that you can afford. And if that increases your premiums a little bit, so be it. At least you know in the worst case scenario, you can afford no matter what, you're going to be covered because you can afford that max out-of-pocket. And what could that max out-of-pocket look like? Like $10,000? Well, that really depends on where you get your benefits. So my max out-of-pocket was $3,000, and I ended up needing an emergency C-section. So I was able to afford that. Uh, for so just you, for people might, understand, yeah. it would be like you would pay up to $3,000, and then anything over the three is covered. Absolutely. Correct. Yes, that's that's exactly what a max out of pocket is. And and it depends on your plan. If you if you get it on Obamacare and you don't qualify for a subsidy, yes, it can look like ten, fifteen, seventeen thousand dollars, you know, and that's when, you know, I can usually come in to help and, and present a private option that might be a little bit more affordable. So it's really hard to say and it really just depends on where you get your insurance and what your benefits are, what your policy is. And with with pregnancy and with birth, there's so many different things too that I know people often advocate for. Lactation counselor, doula, postpartum doula, either at-home birthing or a birthing center as opposed to a hospital. Now, just so that we're clear, all of those things are typically not covered, right? Those are additional out-of-pocket expenses that you have to add. Yes, in. not covered in the in the traditional sense because they're more natural methods, right? They're not the traditional allopathic sense. So insurance doesn't really feel a need to cover them because they're not strictly medical services, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're more personal preferences, more holistic medicine. So yeah, insurance still has not caught up or, or we could say reverse. I don't know what the terminology exactly would, would be where these holistic services or these non-invasive or non-allopathic services are typically not covered by insurance. And something that's so, so important is your mental health, right? Especially postpartum and as a mom. Do we need to think differently from the physical side of coverage and the mental side of coverage? Is it usually all wrapped into one? And I mean, because that, that worries me a little bit. It's like you can make sure that physically you're okay, you make it through the whole birth. But then what if you're struggling afterward and now you have to find someone to 
to either give you medication or just even have a consultation, what do you recommend? Yeah, it, there's a separation when it comes to insurance because of how things are billed. The way insurance pays out is it all depends on how the provider bills that service. So for us, you know, a physical and men, there's there's not much of a separation. You know, I I feel shitty physically and I feel shitty mentally. Right, that's mm. how we're feeling. But when we go to seek care for for these issues that we're having, it's all billed in separate line items, coded with medical billing and coding, and that's really what determines or dictates on the insurance end how uh, benefits are paid out or how it's covered. So there is a distinct separation on the insurance side. You're originally from Bangladesh, and now you live in Florida. And I know we have many listeners, too, who are actually from Canada. So there's multiple. Actually, I recently went on to my downloads, and I saw that I have people all over the world listening, which is really cool to see. That is really cool. Some random person in another country has heard my voice and they have no idea where where probably even New York City is. But um, so how does, this is probably a very complicated question, but how does the U.S.'s insurance look compared to other places like the other countries, Canada, Bangladesh? I know a lot of people, you know, the U.S. can get a bad rap, so to speak, you know, for our insurance yeah. and our insurance coverage. But how does it look from your point of view with the work that you do? Yeah. So I come from um, a space like in Bangladesh. There is no insurance. It's it's all pay for per service, right? You know, you go in, you pay for your consultation, you get prescribed a week's worth of medication, and you go pay for those pills. And if you can only mm. afford five of those seven doses for your antibiotics, that's your treatment. And that's really how it is. So it's pretty straightforward. And they're in an insurance system. Whereas in the States, what the United States tried to do is really try to take piecemeal healthcare system from all over the world and try to make its own. And that kind of botched it up in many, many ways. And what we have currently is really just a battle of private and public sectors because Mm -hmm. we have the government trying to offer a portal or a system, but the the off it's offered by private companies, by private players. Um, And there's a point, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about universal healthcare here, which is a big thing, you know, we all talk about it, we all want it. But as an industry professional, it sounds amazing. It sounds great to me too. I'd love that. But who's going to pay for it? And mm-hmm. I think that's something we don't realize that when you want a, a government-backed system, there has to be funding for it. And the current state of things that right now with our, our trillions of dollars in debt, it's, it's not a good look. It's no, not looking yeah, good yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us to come in after all these years and say, you know, especially being in the type of economy that we're at, being in a, in living in a capitalistic economy, you cannot just step in and say, well, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Cigna, Aetna, you guys are all out of business because we're going to implement universal health care and, well, you, you just have to cease to exist. You also mm-hmm. can't do that. So the the problem is is quite multi-layered and really difficult to solve and it's not just because well our healthcare system sucks it's because it's it's interweaved with our economy as well yeah yeah it's oh, it's all just this whole political mess that i just yeah. it, it goes over my head <laughs> yeah no, and then it, it is quite a mess yeah and that's why i'm grateful that we have people like you cuz it's like we just need someone you know i need someone to just boil it down for me. Like there's so much, I think that's the other thing about insurance, you know, there's so much paperwork, there's so much details. How can you even remember everything? It's written in this foreign language. They give you like a notebook that's basically the size of a book, you know, a novel that you have to read. 
So what would be, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about aspiring mamas, things that you want to make sure that you have, but is there anything sort of outside the box that we wouldn't just naturally think of to make sure that's covered? Yeah, yeah, that's a wonderful question. There is, and I was a little surprised uh, by this as well when I had my son. So one thing all mamas need to remember is your baby, your newborn is only covered up to 31 days of birth under you. So after, so you have to make sure that you add your baby as a separate dependent, a separate policy holder on your policy before those 31 days are up. Then otherwise you're going to get into problems. Yes, after After birth. birth. So basically just add your baby pretty much as soon as your baby's born. And then this is something that surprised me is pretty much like weeks or, or, you know, a couple of weeks after I came home, after giving birth, I started seeing bills in my son's name. I'm like, he's not even like a month old and already he's receiving <laughs> he's getting bills. Mail. <laughs> he's getting mail. So basically now that you've added him or her and, and that's a separate policy holder, they basically have their own deductible to meet, uh, which is which seemed to me so unfair. Wow. Like, you know, now my baby has its, his own deductible. Why can't I take that burden? Like I just spent you know, all this money and premiums and deductibles and co-pays and medical bills, why can't we lump him together under me, at at least for a little longer? But no, your baby's going to start getting uh, his or her own bills too. And so would that be surprising? I would think so. Would that be the same deductible? So say like you explained your deductible was $3,000. So would your baby then have $3,000? So 3000 was my max out of pocket. My deductible was 1000 oh, right. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So the way it works is you have an individual deductible for each policyholder, and then you have a family deductible uh, for everyone in the family. And then that is also split into in-network and out-of-network. So basically, if you go out-of-network, that deductible sometimes doubles or triples. So the bottom line when using health insurance is always stay in-network. You never, like, it's it's never worth it. Whoever you want to see, it's better that you change your health insurance policy to make sure that person is in-network than keep your policy and go out-of-network. I want to circle back to that for a second, but I just want to make sure I cover everything about baby because you know, once your baby is born, you're going and taking your baby in for checkup yes. once every week or two weeks or something like that. Yeah. So it's more frequent in the beginning and then it, it slows down. But in their first year, yeah, you're definitely going in quite regularly for checkups. And is there anything else? Okay. So they're born, you add them to your deductible. Is there anything else that we need to make sure that we remember with regards to baby being covered? If you're on a, a, a major medical or good policy that you got to have your maternity, I would also keep the baby on that policy for the first year for the same reason. You want to make sure those preventive visits, those routine care visits are covered really well. Okay. So with regards to this in-network, out-of-network, mm-hmm. would you say, because for example, I've already done some research and found an OB that I really enjoy and okay. that I, I thought I would like. So. Now, though, I'm in a little bit of a pickle because I I haven't done my research yet to know what he covers, mm-hmm. or, or I should say what insurance he takes, but yes. which would you recommend going first? Going the insurance route and then picking a doctor or picking a doctor that you like because that can be such a hard personal decision, right? And yeah. then going the opposite way. That's a great question. And I would say it depends on what you can afford. If you can really afford anything, then pick the doctor first and find a plan that he takes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you're totally. not at the liberty to, to pay for insurance, use the insurance that you have, find a doctor in network and go to that doctor. Yeah. 
Now, I do want to highlight, though, there are some things, like I put out a poll to some people in my audience to ask them, you know, what were they surprised about with regards to insurance when they gave birth? And some people were surprised at what actually was covered. So Mm. how can we be sure that we're fully aware of things that are covered that we might not even think about? Yeah, definitely, like definitely review, and all that stuff, yeah, right? review your policy before you go in for anything. Whenever you sign up for health insurance, whether that was years ago or recently, you should always receive a policy packet, you know, that really has your policy in writing, whether the that's electronically, <laughs> yeah, a novel, a book, that book. And the things, again, you want to be looking at is what is your maternity coverage? Is there a separate maternity deductible? What is your individual deductible? Are all your doctors, OBGYN, doulas, hospitals where you're planning to to give birth, make sure they're all in network. Can you afford your max out of pocket, your worst case scenario? Review all of that, look through all of that before you go in. And if if you have someone you're working with, like an agent who helped you and you're not sure, ask your agent. Yeah, I can imagine that there would be things like, for example, on my previous insurance, I didn't know until a little while in that I had a fitness credit. Mm. So I could submit to get, I forget how much money it was, but however much money, a quarter or whatnot, and put that toward my gym membership. So there might be things like that, or even like baby products or different things that are covered that you don't know. That's a great question. And even even not not just with your insurance, but if you work for a corporation and they have, you know, sometimes they have a portal of discounts, right? So my husband works for a corporation and I actually got a free breast pump at a whole kit. So those are an an access to a lactation consultant. So review those, your benefits, not just in your, just your strictly your insurance policy, but also does your HR offer certain benefits or discounts for lactation services and and support and things like that. Yeah, because I can imagine there could be some hidden gems in there that people don't even take advantage of. Yeah, because they're like, oh, it's just a Disneyland discount, you know, but no, there's more in there. Go dig, go dig into all your corporate benefits. Ask your HR professional. They could have resources for breastfeeding moms, such as lactation consulting products and even breast pumps. If you could go back in time and tell your pregnant self something, what would it be? I think I would tell myself, I mean, now that I'm a mother, pregnancy seemed like a breeze, even though when I was going through pregnancy, it was quite, quite uncomfortable. It was, and the discomforts pretty much like consume your mind. Like that's all you Mm -hmm. can think about when your butthole is hurting or, you know, you're so (laughs) uncomfortable, you can't even like sit or stand or anything like that. Um, But I would tell myself to really try to stretch out those moments where I was just like eating pizza and ice cream and binging on Netflix. I wish I did. more of that and not felt guilty about it because I felt like I tried to kind of control the environment or you know we we see images and for me I struggled with pregnancy for years so it it was such a buildup of what I want I'm finally pregnant what do I want motherhood to be and and it was uh, and pregnancy the entire journey of pregnancy was trying to create that vision of motherhood that I had always wanted, so desperately wanted. Um, So I felt I spent a lot of my pregnancy trying to chase that vision or trying to make that vision come alive. Whereas now I wish I would have just kind of like binged more on Netflix and not worried about it so much. I love that. That's such good advice. Yeah. Because I think it is, it's true. It's like we work so hard and we prepare to get to this place and then we're there and then we're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. And then the baby's there 
yeah. and we're still hard on ourselves and yeah. then we carry mom guilt and it's like it's just this never-ending thing oh yeah definitely so my last question for you is what have you found in working with your clients especially if you've been working with women or women who are pregnant or women who are moms whatever you found are the top few things that the little mistakes the things that people don't think about or the situations that they put themselves in that maybe they could have prevented with yeah. regards to health insurance and coverage support yeah i mean the really the top thing when it comes to health insurance and and pregnancy and maternity coverage is preparation and that's really difficult i can't sit here and say well well that's what you need to do is just just plan all your pregnancies you know it just doesn't yeah. happen like that it just doesn't work like that and if you do have an unexpected pregnancy it's just the choices are limited and it's honestly difficult one thing i'm very careful not to do and i and i wanted to mention this earlier is i'm really not here to, to single-handedly change our system or or uproot our broken system and fix it my goal and mission when i work with my clients is to leverage your current situation and tell you what's going to be best for you like jessica right now you're on medicaid and maybe you're you're frowning on it but honestly i think that's the best thing you could do for yourself right now i Great. wouldn't recommend <laughs> yeah like Thanks. don't go spend money on a private plan why would you do that maybe well, later it was crazy because when i first was let go because yeah. of the whole pandemic this is the other thing I wanted to bring up. They turn around and they come to you with this Cobra option Cobra. that is un-freaking real. Yeah. Like, okay, I could go on and on and on about it, yes, but yes. I need to hear your opinion because yes. you work with this every day. What do yeah, you say so to that? Let me, let me tell you about Cobra. So for people who don't know what it is or if you've experienced Cobra and your jaw dropped to the floor, here's yeah. why. So when you are used to, when you're working for an employer, like you, Jessica, you don't see the full sticker price of your plan. You only see the portion that your employer doesn't pay. And typically they're paying anywhere from 50 to 85% of your premiums, depending on how big of a corporation you work for. Um, so you never really get to see the full sticker price. So anytime someone goes from corporate to self-employed or corporate to, to whatever, and big question mark, and you really actually try to start shopping for health insurance, your jaw drops. And the first thing I do is prepare you for that sticker shock because you never really get to see the full price of your plan. Mm. So what COBRA is, COBRA, it stands for Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act, which doesn't mean a whole lot other than crap. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's really just it, the point of it is so employees aren't left high and dry after they lose their job and their benefits. And they say, hey, you know what? We're going to offer you an extension of the benefits that you're used to having um, up to 18 months. But now you have to pay for all of it sometimes even more than the retail price. So Cobra can be up to 120% of the actual price, which is why it looks so darn crazy. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, if you're looking at Cobra options, I promise you there's a plan out there that's going to be more affordable. You never Absolutely. really need to opt into Cobra. So that's a situation where a private plan might be better. But in your case, Jessica, if you're if you're really just not there yet, you know, and you have nothing, take advantage of a zero income situation, you know, take yeah. advantage of that, of that Medicaid until your situation changes. And when that does, if, if whether your job is offering it or you're preparing for pregnancy and you need to get a good plan, you know, we can discuss options at that time. So it's mm -hmm. really difficult to say ahead of time or to tell anyone in the audience, well, this is the one plan that's great for pregnancy. It's, right. it's not like that. It really depends on where you live, what your situation is, how far along in your pregnancy you are, and what options are available to you at that time. 
But for people who are like me, who are aspiring yeah. and not even pregnant yet, yes. what would you say would be the ideal time? Like before you even start trying or once you're pregnant, where along that? Pretty, pretty much as soon as you find out, you want to make sure you get on a plan and evaluate those factors. Reasonable deductible, a max out of pocket you can afford. If you have a preferred OBGYN, try to make sure they're in network, things like that. Gosh, <laughs> I'm like over the moon that we talked. I'm just excited for you because when the time comes, you know, you have a fantastic resource and I can help you kind of figure that out. I know. I'll be giving yeah. you a call. Nora, oh, yeah. please. Okay, it's time. It's <laughs> we talked time. about this. What should I, I do? Oh my gosh. Well, can you please let everyone know how they can get in touch with you? And I want to highlight that your consultations are free. How can people get a consultation with you if they need it? Yeah, thank you. So you can pretty much find everything about me, what I do, who I work with on my website. That's drnorhealth.com, D-R-N-O-O-R-H-E-A-L-T-H.com. There you'll find about my health insurance services along with a little bit of the other side projects I do. Uh, and I make it really easy. The best way to get in touch with me if you have any questions for health insurance is to book a consultation through my calendar. All of that will be linked on my website. And then I'm very active on social media. You know, I love educating through like my daily life. So you'll find me on Instagram stories a lot. LinkedIn is my favorite platform. Definitely connect mm. with me there. So yeah, guys, any questions, let me know anytime. I love it. All those links will be in the show notes so people can easily access you. And I just, ladies, get yourselves prepared. And if, if you're not happy, contact Nora because I, I'm, I'm so, I feel like you're like a little diamond in the rough, you know, because oh. people need, yeah, people need to find, I feel like, you know, they, they get pregnant or they just come to this place. Insurance makes my head yeah. just explode. I, I cannot stand it. It's too complicated. There's yeah. too many options in a way. And we need more people like you. So yeah, and if you don't understand it, you can you can get screwed too. You know, like because yes. I was in the industry, you know, I feel like my doctor's office tried to like collect upfront for X Y Z, and I'm like, no, no, no. I I reviewed yep. my policy. I know what my coverage is. I'm not gonna pay anything until we go through it, and, and I see if I actually need to pay anything. So keep that in mind too, ladies. Once you're informed and educated about what you have, it gives you a, an empowerment. No one can tell Absolutely. you that you need to pay XYZ because you know what's in your policy, you know? Yeah. The last thing I want is for anybody who's listening to be hit with this bill that comes in the mail for you or for your little infant after they get put on your coverage. That's just through the roof and then you're, you're really uh, screwed. So yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you and for your time. You. And um, yeah, I can't wait to call you up sometime in the future. <laughs> yeah, we'll chat soon, Jessica. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really enjoyed our chat today. Of course. Thanks, Noor. If you enjoyed the show today, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so I know how to better serve you. I'd also love for you to join our community of Mamas in Training on Facebook. You can find me at Mamas in Training on Instagram and at mamasintraining.com. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together. <laughs>